street epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com. And we're live. All right. Well, to the two people that says that we're waiting, uh, welcome to the Street Epistemology Podcast. I am hosting today. My name is Dan. Co-hosting with me today is Anthony Magnabosco. Hello. And Reed Nicewonder. What's up, everybody? And uh, we're still in a stage of experimentation. Uh, as you notice, Joe is not here with us today. He couldn't make it. He's uh, doing some sort of... Uh, I don't know, deal with some national embassies up in some foreign countries. You know, you know, he's up to no good. I don't know what he's up to. But um, he, he couldn't make it with us today, so it's just going to be the three of us. We're going to see how that goes. Um, and we thought we'd start by trying a little experiment uh, today. Uh, we have a video that we're going to be playing alongside our faces and we're just going to talk about, uh, it's a street epistemology video uh, done by Anthony, and we're just going to kind of review it, kind of talk about what's going on, what could be done better, what's going on with the IL, and uh, all kinds of fun stuff like that. Um, and I have a link up showing all the comments, so uh, if I see anything interesting, I'll probably be reading that as well. Um, and we'll just go from there. So Anthony's going to have the video for us, and he'll cue it up, and uh, we'll get things started. You want to tell us about this video, Anthony? Sure. And I'm glad that you're checking the comments, too. I completely forgot about that, so I'm glad that you're checking that. So this video happened, I think, two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, and it took me a week to finally edit it and upload it. And I was on a trail. A woman was walking by, and we start talking about her belief, which is she has the belief that her deceased loved ones are coming back to visit her through the form of nature when she sees a bird or a rainbow and we start talking about it. And it was probably one of the more organic, organically started conversations that I've had because I, we just kind of started chatting and, and that type of thing. So when this video plays, unfortunately I can play and pause it, but I cannot rewind it or fast forward. And this is the video as I uploaded it to YouTube. So we're going to catch some of the, the banter at the start, which is probably not a bad thing either. So I'm thinking that if you guys want to comment on something, just say pause. I'll pause the video, and then we can talk about it. And our mics will be go our, will be working as we're playing the video. So as the video is going, you might interject something or say, look at that or that type of thing. And I, don't, I won't necessarily pause the video if you do that. But feel free to to comment as you see things pop up. And then if you don't say anything, I'm gonna probably end up pausing the video at certain points because I listened to this this morning when I was doing my run and uh, there were a couple things I wanted to point out. So here we go. Sounds good. Yeah. Cool, cool. Let's get it started. All right. Let me know if you can't hear this. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. Would you like to do an interview? Sure. Thanks. On Facebook. Who are you listening to? That's oh, Probably was. Yeah. I never really got into that music, honestly. Really? Do you like it? Well, I was raised on, my mom was like a big deadhead, so I was raised on all that stuff. So she says that she was 
listening to um, Grateful Dead. Led Zeppelin. Yeah. And what typically like when you have conversations with people, it's advisable to find something that you have in common with them that to illustrate that you're part of the same tribe. But in this instance, I didn't like that music and I don't want to lie to her. So I was like, eh, I don't, I never really got into that music. <laughs> if I did, I would have said, Oh, I've been listening to Led Zeppelin for, for the past 20 years. What's your favorite song? Like that would have been a really good thing to build some nearly instant rapport, but it, I didn't have an opportunity to do that. there. We'll have to fix that. Get some Led Zeppelin in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Playing. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I have a hobby where I stop strangers and I set a timer for five minutes after we've selected a belief that you're sure is true. Uh huh. You think uh, earlier today I talked to a woman who thought that whenever she sees an animal, if she feels a connection with it, it's a dead relative or dead friend. That's... Right, I just had that right now. Excuse me. I just had that with the red cardinal. That's, That's so totally funny weird. because we used red cardinal as an example. Yeah. I said if the red cardinal landed here right now. What would go through your mind? My mom. Can we explore that belief? Do you want to just do a little short little chat? Sure. Okay. Yeah. What is your name? Shay. I'm Anthony. Nice to meet you. It's my pleasure. S-H-A-Y? Yes. Okay. Are you okay if I record it? Yeah, that's fine. At the end of the talk, if you're if you're uncomfortable about it or whatever, just let me know. I'll give you a card. Okay. And I could blur your face or we can do audio only or whatever. Okay. I'm going to like be very respectful and listen to you, but I'm going to ask questions too. That's fine. To, to figure out how we can be so sure that that's true. Okay. All right. Uh, you had an experience on the trail just now. Tell me a little right. bit about that. Okay. So I was walking, and right now I just had on my Grateful Dead because I listen to Grateful Dead when I go hiking. Just, it relaxes me, and ever since my mom passed away, it's just I feel a connection that way, you know, with her. I'm sorry to hear that she passed away. Yeah, it's okay. But as I was listening to it, our song came on that we both enjoy, which is um, Sugary, Shake It Sugary. And then mm. I saw a red cardinal up in the tree, and it was tweeting. And I wasn't going to look up. I wasn't going to pay attention. I just thought it was a bird. But it caught my attention because it was tweeting so loud. So I looked up, and it was a red cardinal. And we, you know, for about two seconds, and then it flew off. Okay, and then what went through your mind after the experience? This is a big part right you here. You feel like an inner peace. Like, okay, they were coming by, saying hi, letting mm. you know that it's okay. Inner peace. Okay. Mm. Pause that. Yeah, that, that was an important part because she really put herself out there. She disclosed this really personal thing about her belief. And a smirk for me, or if I laughed, it could have destroyed that whole conversation. So uh, I thought I thought that was a really crucial part, just in terms of making sure that she didn't feel stupid for telling me what she just told me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what she's talking about is a very specific instance of what's actually a very common phenomenon. Of course, when people pass away, there's often a tendency for people to see them in places or hear them in their heads. And, um, and that can manifest in different ways for her. It happens to be red cardinals, but it's not really that silly when you really think about how common of an experience that is for people. Um, it's just kind of interesting that for her, it was red cardinals and not blue jays or, or something else. Um, <laughs> in particular, yeah. So, 
Yeah, it probably would have been tempting to say, like, what do you think when you see vultures? Like, right at that moment, I think that would have been bad. <laughs> Later on, that might be a really good question. But at that vulnerable moment when she opened herself up, you have to be very careful. And I was something like, well, that was interesting. Okay. I didn't laugh at her. Uh, and I think that was important to point out. Mm, yeah. Good job. <laughs> you have any thoughts, Reed? Yeah, I would, like you said, inner peace. So that just gives me a sense that she uses this belief for some type of security, um, some type of comfort, obviously. So I would try to understand how she might be able to meet the, that need in a, in a different way. Yeah, that comes up. You're already on it. Okay, here we go. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Is the feeling that you get giving you the impression that the belief is really true? For me, yes. Mm. I See, I was raised, like I said, she was a hippie. So we were raised in nature. We were raised to really listen to nature and you know mm -hmm. whenever you feel something inside and the nature's reaching out to you it just it's a connection that you make within yourself and you know the world that's around us mm. okay i think this is twice now where you mentioned uh, you like led zeppelin maybe because you were exposed to it you were raised with it right and now uh, you're also raised in nature mm -hmm. is the main reason why you think that this belief is true because you were told about it okay uh, I, and then i don't know if i should tell you what she's about to say i think i think i will she says no and then she immediately explains how it's a belief that she's believing in it because she was told about it hmm. very interesting hmm. okay here we go Really? I mean, we've always talked about it as a family. So I guess my whole family pretty much believes if we see a red cardinal, it's somebody mm. in the family, you know, whoever mm. we have that connection with. It could be anybody. My Uncle Randy, he just passed away too. And there'll be times where I'll think of him and then you'll see a red cardinal. So it's just mm. when you're thinking of that person and then you see a sign, that's where it comes from. Okay. Because also when my grandma passed away, we see a we saw a rainbow when we let her ashes go. So now when I see rainbows, mm, mm, it's mm. my grandma's. So okay. It all comes together. Yes. Okay. I think I got you. The experiences or the feelings that you're getting when you have these experiences are real. Right. So you, you observe a rainbow. It reminds you of the memorial that you had for your grandmother. Yes. And then is it bolstering your confidence that your grandmother was communicating with you? Or are you is it jogging a memory that you had with your grandmother or something else I, I used to be in the habit of, of asking let me f just jump back here yeah I used to be in the habit of asking is it this thing or that thing and then stopping and in this instance I finally added on or something else so I'm not just pigeonholing her to two explanations and I, that's something that I'm really trying to work on uh, there that I just think I, I don't think well, I can only think of two explanations, so I'm going to offer those as the reasons. But let's try to keep it more open. So you're not making a false dichotomy type of situation? Yeah. And now that I'm more aware of it, I notice interviewers do that all the time when they're interviewing people. Yeah. Not just mm -hmm. SC stuff, but listen to it. Listen to somebody on the news. It happens quite a bit. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's interesting to see how much power someone who's interviewing actually has over the answers someone can give. And that's something that definitely needs to be thought of and be wary of as you're doing string epistemology, if anyone is interested in that. That's a great point. <clears throat> that's a great point. Yeah. You don't want to lead people to conclusions that they wouldn't make under normal circumstances because they feel pressured in some way to give a certain answer. So. Yeah, if they were to later watch that video, they would say, well, you only asked me if it was either X or Y. You didn't you didn't leave it open to other explanations. So that's why I told you it was X. So it gives them a little bit of wiggle room to get out of whatever they might have told you. So yeah, something to keep in mind. Okay, here we go. Dogs a memory that I had with her. Unless I get like a special feeling, you know. It's just a feeling that you feel. Mm -hmm. Like if sometimes I'll see a rainbow, I won't feel anything. But if you're thinking on her and you've been thinking about her all day or, you know, say for that week and then it shows up, then I feel like they're trying to connect with you in a way. Okay. That's just hmm. Can I get a sense of your confidence that this is really true? Zero to 100? In my opinion, yes. For I think it's completely true. Mm. Mm. Okay. I don't push her on that at all either. Just where do you stand on this belief? I don't even get a number. It's not terribly important here. Mm -hmm. It's fair to say that... I forgot to set the timer. Let me just re <laughs> reset it to... to I'll go to three minutes. Okay. Is it fair to say that you're more likely to attribute an encounter with a cardinal, for example, mm -hmm. to a loved one if you've already been thinking about the loved one earlier that day? Um, I'd say so, yeah. Okay. Are you less likely to attribute the encounter to a loved one if you hadn't already been thinking about the person? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hmm. So for me, it's if I'm thinking about them and then I see something that comes up, that's when I feel that it's meant for me and it's like a meaning for me to mm. see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Could you still go through life respecting the loved ones and the, the, the great times that you've had with them and be reminded of them when you encounter nature, mm -hmm. but not thinking that it was them sending you the message? I'd say so. Hmm. I'd say so, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's that's got read written all over it. Like I, I <laughs> probably would have asked that question three months ago. Oh yeah. Uh, and that's so important to to see where a person stands and if they would if they could still find a way to meet meet the demand meet the needs that they have, but not have to sort of pigeonhole some sort of supernatural explanation in there and like the purpose of these types of questions is to like let them like like say they're like on like a rock climbing wall and like this belief like they're holding on to it and if they could find something else to hold on to they can be able to consider you know letting go a lot easier if they have something else to hold on to mm. Mm. that's good that's good yeah it would be important to like I don't know how you could do it, but to validate that are, the feelings are real, like it's definitely a, a real subjective experience that she's having. It's just the kind of the beliefs behind that 
that you would disagree with, right? Like that Cardinal may be, you know, may help them in that circumstance and may really make them think of that person. But whether it's actually that person, I mean, that's the only, you know, place that you disagree with. And, and that can be really hard to distinguish between the two uh, when you have a belief that's so emotionally impactful like that, because it's like, well, why am I feeling this way? If, if, this is happening, right? Like, what's the explanation? It's like, well, you're going to feel this way. Like, I'm not saying that you're not. I'm not denying that it's happening. It's just the cause of that. Is it because that's actually happening or is there something else going on internally? You know, yeah. um, why are other people seeing that as well who have loved ones the same way? You know, it, it's, you know, you can, you can look at it a lot of different ways, but yeah, and while this talk is about cardinals and dead people coming back, you can use this approach for any deeply held belief that is important to a person, but they're tacking on some additional explanation or backstory that doesn't necessarily need to be there because there's not a good reason for it to be there. Like mm. you, this 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 conversation could have just as be just as easily been about prayer or a miracle happening. There was also one thing, like, at some point you said, is it fair to say, blah, blah, blah. Like, that, I love that phrasing. Is it fair to say? Because uh, Daniel in the chat is asking about moral foundations theory. Because, uh -huh. like, fairness is the universal moral foundation. Like, everybody uses it pretty much to the same degree. And uh, bringing that into it is really great. I'm, I'm not even sure where that originated from. I think it just kind of came up in the field. I don't even remember anyone specifically suggesting it to me. It just seemed like it was a good question because it, it's, it communicates so much. It's like, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Let me know if this isn't fair. If, if you disagree with this, let me know. It's such a simple way of communicating to them that you really want to understand what they're saying. Yeah. It adds a little bit of moral valence to the question. I like it. Yeah. It's a good one. Mm -hmm. Okay. And yet you think that they are sending you the message currently today? I think, yeah. I mean, for me, yes. Just because that's what she had always said, you know, after her mom passed away, a red cardinal would land. She, oh, there's, you know, grandma, because she had been thinking of her. Mm -hmm. So for me, if I've been thinking of my mom, and a red cardinal comes, I've even taught it to my kids. Mm. So now they, you know, every time mm. that my daughter sees a red cardinal, she says, hi, me, or hi, Uncle Randy. That really got my attention there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let me ask you this. If you decided that you didn't want to teach your kids this belief mm -hmm. and they spotted a cardinal, what do you think would go through their mind? If I hadn't already taught them? Yeah. Probably just a pretty red bird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know if they would actually feel a connection if I hadn't taught them about it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Yeah. So there was a there was one part right at the start there that I wanted to, to point out. Um, I said, and yet you still think that they're communicating. Your deceased loved ones are communicating. I didn't say, but I'm trying to get it in the habit of not saying the word but. So I'm replacing it with and yet. That's great. I want to point that out. And then the other thing was she said for me. For me, it's this. For me, she says that four or five times during this talk. Right. And that's mm -hmm. that's like a big ass 
lighthouse spotlight type of thing that's saying this person probably thinks truth is relative. Mm. Yeah. Which if you encounter that, you need to address that really before you go much further. And right. we eventually do get into that. Could they still have a meaningful connection with the loved ones in their life and in your life that are no longer here without holding the belief that their spirit is communicating to them through the nature? Yes, I think so. Okay. My daughter, she really, she believes that she can talk to my mom whenever. So, I mean, she doesn't need to be around nature or anything. She just talks whenever she wants to talk to her. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Last question, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I don't need water, but I'm out. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good. Thanks. I'm going to try to start saying that. Is there any chance whatsoever that you might be teaching your kids something that's not true? Not, not in my opinion. Maybe in somebody else's opinion, but not mine. Yeah. Well, that was a really risky question to ask her. And <laughs> it's probably why I offered her water before I asked the question. Even though I didn't have water, I wanted just to like remind her that I'm just a nice guy and I'm not really here to like upset you too much. But I do have a pretty important question to ask you. Telephone. Yeah, sorry. It's my house. Did you guys want to add anything more to that before I hit play? Uh, I want to see where this question goes first. And then okay. maybe. <laughs> okay. How do you know for sure that it is true? I mean, it's just what I believe. So, I mean, I don't know. Half the time, a lot of whatever anybody believes, I don't know if it's true. You know what I mean? So, mm. a lot of people are say, if you can't see it, then it's not true. But I don't believe that. I mean, I believe mm. what you feel is true is your own truth, not true. How far you want to, if does it matter in some way that it's true to, for her? I would have, I would have tried to get a sense of how much it matters to her at this point. How how much does it matter for you to believe things that are true, or just that this belief is true? But yeah, that as well. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to get away with by asking this question: How far you mm -hmm. want to go with that? This is the the alternative to breaking out the Tic Tacs. I'm trying to get a sense of if she really thinks truth is relative, like how far is she willing to go? Will, will she jeopardize her kid's health? Uh, because she thinks that everyone can have their own truth. That, I mean, uh, would you bring your child to a, a doctor who just thinks that she's a doctor? And makes it true? Probably not. <laughs> mm. You see where you're going with that, though. <laughs> but yeah, I, no, I guess not. Those are, you got me thinking now. <laughs> I see your point. But for me, I mean, the spirituality is a whole different thing than a doctor, in my opinion. Why? This woman mm -hmm. thinks that she has. A spiritual ability to heal people mm -hmm. and your daughter's really sick mm 
if this lady really thinks that she has this ability, would you bring your daughter to her or would you bring your daughter to a doctor? Probably a real doctor. Okay. That's, yeah. Okay. There was a point where I would have been completely thrown if somebody said, but in, in the spiritual world, everyone can have their own truth. I'm like, oh, crap. Okay, now how do I respond to that? So I just extended the hypothetical to include the supernatural component to it. The, the woman that is claiming to be a doctor thinks that she's a spiritual doctor. And then suddenly she's faced with a question again. That's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're not really asking about objective truths. You're more asking about reliability, right? I think that's kind of interesting because you're not necessarily saying that the spiritual doctor couldn't do something. You're saying, which would you trust more in that situation? Um, so you're kind of, you're kind of giving an answer, but you're not doing it in a way that's saying, no, this is only true. You know, you're saying, well, what would you trust? You know, like you're kind of getting in the head a little bit. I, I, I like what you did there. That was pretty good. Yeah, I think what I was trying to do was just seeing if she really stood by what she said that she believes. Mm -hmm. Would you take the most important thing to you probably in your life, which is your kids, mm -hmm. and and still and still assert that truth is relative, that truth is subjective? Yeah, you're kind of taking that as far as you can take it, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And I do like how she laughed, and she's like, "I, I kind of, I see what you're doing there. That was neat." Yeah, you're, you're trying to probe her like domains of knowledge. Like, does she apply the same standard to the spiritual knowledge than is she consistent? her doctor's knowledge? Yeah. And you, you can do this with all sorts of different examples. You can say, uh, you know, can you go to a bank and try to cash a check for a million dollars and just make it true or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Play. And I say that because my son, he's type 1 diabetic, so I believe that there are doctors that know what they're doing, and they need mm. a medical doctor, not a spiritual doctor. So. Okay. This is where the conversation kind of wraps up, but it, it yeah. picks up just a little bit <laughs> well, more. Well, that was great. Yeah. Thank you, Shay. You're welcome. That was cool. Let me give you my card. Okay. This is often a good opportunity, like, if you want to ask me like, yeah, what are more you about what I'm doing. Usually <laughs> people want to know, know. What's, what's he doing? I want to pick a belief that people think is true uh -huh. and then ask questions to see how they could be so sure. I think I mentioned that at the start. Right. Mainly because it seems, number one, a lot of people don't think about their beliefs very often. Uh -huh. They just form them. It seems like they're just forming them. Right. Because they were exposed to it. They were told it. They're teaching other people the beliefs, That's beliefs. True. That's and where I am, pretty much, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. I was, I was prepared to keep talking about why I'm doing this. Me, me, me. This is what I'm up to. Here's my objectives. These are things that I found. But right there, she says, you're describing me right there, right? And she's, <clears throat> she's turning the conversation back to herself. So that's where I go. <clears throat> I, I go where, where they want to go. And she apparently wanted to go back to her belief, not why I'm out there doing this. I'm thinking about your children, for example. Mm -hmm. um, 
is this a belief that they're forming because they have good reasons to believe it? Or is it a belief that they're forming because they're being told that it's true? I mean, probably for me, I think it's probably because I'm telling them, but it's also something that they feel is true. I don't know if it's something that it just makes us feel better, you know, that, mm. you know, oh, there's a sign. It could be our, you know, loved one saying hello, which it makes me feel better thinking that it could be my mom or, you know, my uncle mm. or whoever. I guess it just gives us inner peace. So, yeah, I would imagine the feelings are totally real. Yeah, the feelings that, that you experience when you see it, yeah. it's like a sign you feel There's like, the validation. But, yeah. like, I see where you're coming at, you know, saying that we were, were exposed to it. We've been taught that. Yeah. So maybe it's a feeling that we're feeling because we were taught that. Mm. But, I mean, those are good questions. Now, now I'm thinking. <laughs> awesome. That's the whole point, I guess, of this, ex yeah. this exchange. Yeah, well, it's working. <laughs> Cool, cool. Yeah. Well, that was beautiful. I love lovely talk. All right. Thank you so You're much. You're welcome. Thanks. Yes, ma'am. Have a great day. You too. Okay. Bye now. Okay. Success. So she she nailed it. <laughs> I mean, she got it. You know, she got it. Um, she got it on her own. Yeah, that's pretty wild. And, and she seemed pretty genuine and and open the whole time. Yeah. Oh, the whole time she was just very open, very honest. Mm -hmm. I and and when lot, she, when people are like that, you can have a great talk. And even when what we may view as being wrong, they're still uh, consistent in their answers anyway. Like she wasn't afraid to say, "Well, it, it might just be true for me," you know. And that came up a lot. And uh, so at least. You know, being honest about that is most important because when you're giving honest answers, then you can reflect honestly. If you're giving dishonest answers, then you can't reflect on that as well because mm -hmm. then you're kind of confusing what's real and what's not real or what you really believe and what you don't believe. Yeah. You know? What did I tell him and what do I really believe? Yeah. And then yeah. you're – that's – yeah, that's that's true. And just to you know make it clear, like we didn't – tell any facts of our own we, we didn't try to explain okay birds actually this can't happen blah 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 we didn't try to say any of that because that would trigger the backfire effect most likely <laughs> yeah i'm just trying to think of what kind of facts i might have thrown at her but yeah it, and, making her feel stupid and discounting her experiences would have been completely unhelpful yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, you notice that even though she was able to talk about her own beliefs in that pretty objective sense, she still wasn't ready to just say, "Oh, well, I guess it's not true," right? And that's something that you're probably never going to have in a conversation. It's probably going to have to come in time of just letting go of that on your own. And I think that's really important for people to remember when having these conversations is that. It's not about what you do then. It's about what they do later, right? It, I mean, it's more about them discovering truth or whatever they want to call that themselves rather than you giving them facts about reality and having them accept that at the time uh, because the narratives you create your own are going to be much more powerful than um, what any one person can say or do to you. Yeah, I, I would love to hear, be a fly on the wall, 
listening to the next time one of her kids spots a cardinal or she spots a rainbow is she gonna th i would imagine she's gonna think about the talk she'll, she'll be analyzing her feelings okay this me seeing that rainbow is reminding me of my grandmother i miss my grandmother and yet not but and yet is that really my grandmother sending the message or is this just myself reminding me of a wonderful person that meant a lot to me so it doesn't take much away from the belief it's just a different way of thinking about it i suppose but yeah i, th I think she's going to definitely think about that talk mm -hmm. yeah well i think that was a great experiment uh reed did you have anything else you want to add or no um yeah i just agree with like the the yes and it's like it's, it's like an improv type of thing it's like that's that's what we should be doing never saying but yes ending yeah yes mm. ending yeah that's a good strategy um good to think about well i'm glad that we did that i i think that was a a pretty good experiment like i said good success i think we'll have to see what people in the comments have to say and uh what other people have to say about that but uh i think we should try that again next time um mm -hmm. i think it's pretty awesome yeah. maybe next someday we can do my own video and that'll be interesting maybe. Right? We, should, we should point out that joe isn't here but we attempted to fill his slot with somebody who's uploading content uh his name's eddie he's with deep discussions is his channel and uh he wasn't able to join us we didn't give him a lot of time but hopefully we can bring him on he's uploading a lot of content and I would love to play one of his videos with him here so we can go ahead and, and, and discuss it with him. He might be able to point out things that we, we've missed. Yeah, and that's what I was talking about, um, where if, if, we, if we did this, if this was a thing, like when I was get, just getting started, like if people were like showing videos from other people and having discussions about it, I would have been so much more motivated to go out and do videos. So I might be able to like get them on here where people can talk about them. Yeah, I remember you making a comment somewhere. I don't. Maybe it was just in our Facebook Messenger. Yeah, you said something like, "If if you had more feedback on, I don't know exactly how you, what you said, but you would have been more motivated to go out if you had seen people discussing videos and pointing out things that maybe weren't." didn't go so well or whatever that it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't have to be perfect with stuff like this where there's like people you know just hanging out and talking about the videos um mm -hmm. it's getting feedback on on facebook is fine like in text form but but actually seeing people talk about it is really motivating yeah yeah well if there's anyone out there watching this and watching us critiquing our own work and the work of other people and it motivates you, then I think that's great. Your video yeah. may be one that we actually review. So if you've been on the fence about going out and doing SE on the street, uh, maybe this will motivate you. Maybe this is the one last thing to get you over the hump to do it. Yeah, yeah. glad to. I think uh, I think it would be cool too because this is one that you did before, Anthony. But it might be cool in the future to do videos that we none of us have watched yet and are doing a blind viewing of. And I would be really interested to see what kind of predictions we can make about what kind of questions the person is going to ask or what we think uh -huh. they should ask and what kind of beliefs that person may have based on the responses they're giving. For example, you made the prediction. I mean, you already knew because you were there. But uh, say, her saying that, well, this is important to me and this is, this is true to me, that she was going to respond to truth being relative to 
people, right? And you're pretty spot on. I mean, she was, that's pretty accurate. And I'm wondering if we can do that in the future with other concepts as well. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. a good idea. I've had a few people say that they'll play the videos, my videos, and they'll wait for the person to say something, and then they pause the video. And then they ask themselves, how would I answer that question? What, what question would I ask that mm, person? Yeah. That's and great. then they resume the video to see what I asked. That would be a great game to play. Yeah. If someone could give us a video we had never seen and we both like pause it and like give a reason why. Dude, we, would, that would, we should do that with like Eddie's, one of Eddie's videos. Yeah. Let's like his next one. Let's not watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or just, or whatever. Yeah. And just uh, and talk about it. Yeah. And if we're wrong, like say they ask something <laughs> different, or there's a belief we could figure out why, right? We can mm -hmm. update yeah. and revise our yeah. views on life and, and see how we can do better. So I yeah, see a lot of people in the again. comments wanting us to do another one like right now. Um, I don't know if well, that's something you guys want to do or maybe well, plan later, but maybe if we run out of topics, we can do that. You guys, so you guys yeah, really maybe. like that then. <clears throat> Yeah, people love the breakdowns. People love the breakdowns. We should cool. do like a, a poll on the Facebook group or something for the next video. Yeah, let's let's get some feedback from people who are watching this after the fact. So add a comment to the video and let us know if you'd like to see more breakdowns. I mean, we could do a breakdown every time we do a show. Rather than doing three now or two now, we could just, every time we do a show, we do one. There seems to be enough content out there. And we can even bring up interviews that we see that are just co the complete opposite of SE, and we can just point out. Okay. Yeah. Do yeah, yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, that's a good point, too, because I've definitely seen a few examples of that so far. Yeah. Um, maybe I just don't want to embarrass anybody specifically. Yeah, yeah maybe, that's maybe true. somebody like punching up is okay. Yeah, like if it's a Joe Rogan, maybe we can do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, to anyone who's commenting, we will be screenshotting and, and saving everything. So we will take everything you say into account. So don't be afraid to speak your mind and, and give us feedback on stuff. So um, we can move on to another topic if you guys are ready for that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Reed, someone you read the comment already, but somebody was asking about moral foundation. Theory. Do you want to talk about that a little bit, or? I mean, it's a big topic, mm -hmm. and uh, there's just so much to it. But basically, okay. I I posted a link in the in the Facebook group to a video from uh, this uh, this channel called Friended. He does a good overview of that um, of the Moral Foundations theory from Jonathan Haidt. Uh, first, uh, first talking about in the the book The Righteous Mind. So it's it's just it's great information to have for sure what do you guys think about because i personally haven't seen a whole lot of videos done with this in street epistemology we when people talk about beliefs it's usually a belief in god but in your experience do you guys ever talk about a belief in moral systems that much like the conversation like i believe that the bible is a good source of morals or maybe you know something of that nature it comes up for me, but I usually try to skirt the issue of morality because it's so complicated. Mm. But I do think, like what what Reed's doing, I think that's that's like the the new the, the a good direction that SE should be heading into. 
And I believe Bogosian is writing a book that's going to be touching on that too. Yeah, and more foundations. Uh, go ahead. More foundation theory. And when you get when you get somebody who, I have this belief, and I think that it's true because I see myself as a better person because I'm holding the belief. Mm. That's it in a nutshell. Yeah. So when you find somebody that's 100% sure and they're doxastically closed, I think Bogosian would recommend, and it seems like that's where the science seems to be suggesting too, is you need to shift gears and you need to talk about um, how that person is viewing themselves and how that person views other people that don't have the belief. And that's why a lot of times I'll say, like I met a person who said, you can't be good. You can't be a good person if you don't, you can't raise kids and be a good person if you don't have a God belief. And I, do you know anybody that is raising kids that doesn't believe in a God? And of course she did. And then we can talk about, well, how, where's the disconnect there? How, how is that happening? And maybe that's where the conversation needs to shift. Interesting. In my personal experience, I think that was one of the hardest topics for me to grasp in my transition was this idea of where my morals come from and stuff, because I did have a belief that even if all of the Bible wasn't necessarily true, that my belief in a God or the validity of a God or however that manifests still makes me a better person. And that was hard for me to let go. Uh, and so I'm wondering if, I don't think my case is uncommon either. I think a lot of people see it that way only because even if they meet a Muslim or if they meet somebody else, they still have some sort of religious belief, some sort of system that's keeping them together. And they don't really, it's hard for them to comprehend how you can live without some sort of system or like maybe you do have a system, but you're denying it. Right. And that's where people get that idea of, you know, denying God and, and stuff like that. So um, I would love to see that addressed more in the future. Uh, I think that would yeah, be helpful. Yeah. It's good to not confuse like ethics and morality. Um, mm -hmm. Like there are ethical systems that we try to figure out what should be ethical or like what, what should be moral. Like what, what, cur what we currently think as ethical is like what moral, what moral foundations tries to describe. It's a, it's a, descri it's a description uh, theory. It's not a normative uh, theory. It's not saying what we should think is moral. It's, it's describing what, is moral and how that works, like psychologically speaking. Mm, yeah, yeah, you're, it is very complicated. It's kind of like when someone says, oh, how can you believe in the Big Bang? It's just a big explosion. Like that right there means there's a whole lot of topics and, and understanding of concepts that isn't there that would take a little bit to explain. And it's hard to have in just like one conversation, but like, it does demonstrate, I think, uh, a lack of understanding to some degree on the topic, especially with something as complex as morality, because, you know, you, nobody's got it all figured out, really. Um, it's still a, a continuing and evolving process. Um, you know, like all systems, good systems of ethics should be, but, you know. Well, this whole, this whole idea of morality, I think, is... Make, it makes me think of the the humanist campaign or American Humanist Association or or Freedom from Religion Foundation, where they have billboards showing people who don't believe, and there are these pictures of families, and they're smiling, and they're it's this whole out campaign of of being out if you can as an as an atheist. 
I think goes to this idea so that people who think that they're morally good because they have the belief when they suddenly see that their next door neighbor doesn't believe in any gods and he seems like a pretty nice guy and his kids are great. That that's, that's a very tough thing to reconcile. So mm -hmm. I think those are probably tied together. Yeah. And I think when people see that too, that then comes that narrative creation in their heads, right? Like, okay, this seems really good. But what's really going on? Is there something that he's hiding? Is he like secretly depressed? Is there something, uh, you know, because when you have a belief system that instructs how you should view the world, it's going to tell you, oh, there, this is an illusion. You know, this may seem all fine and dandy, but there's actually something else going on here. And you need to figure that out, you know, as a Christian or as a Muslim or whatever, you know, so. Well, if that results in a dialogue, then that's a good thing. I think most people don't even want to have a dialogue. I think they keep those beliefs to themselves, you know, because there's some sort of prejudice there uh, mm -hmm. that they may not be willing to discuss openly. I, I can't tell you how many Bible studies I've been to where suddenly people talk about atheists and then, you know, they say these awful nasty things or they, they say these things that just aren't true. They make these assumptions about how these people live their lives. And it's not based on any personal experience or even in reality, dare say, it's based on a narrative that's given to them um, that they don't have any experience with, so they just have to accept. Yeah, there's a study. I, you're reminding me of a study now that I saw yeah. with children, and they asked the children to draw a picture of a person who's who uh, is good and believes in a god. I think they went to that level. And then someone who doesn't believe in a god. I'm probably botching this. But the kids drew these very horrible pictures of the of the people that didn't believe in a god. Uh, they were they were smoking and they were all scruffy and they were just you know they were mean mean faced looking people. So yeah, there's there's this perception I think uh, you can't be good without a god. Yeah, this is a pretty <laughs> big topic that yeah I have very strong opinions about atheism and label. Can you hear me? Yeah, sorry, my volume just went down. Sorry. Yeah, it's a big topic about atheism as an identity and a, a label that I have very strong opinions about, but maybe we can talk about that some other time. What's next on the list? Yeah, let's see. Um, so uh, something on here about gamifying the learning of SE. Did you write that, Anthony? Oh, that's no. me. Oh, read. Okay. Uh, you want to talk about that? Um, I haven't really thought this through very much, but I'd love to use the Facebook groups in a more productive way, in some way, like yeah, gamifying learning SE, like creating maybe some type of contest where people go out and like in their own Facebook feeds, if someone makes a claim, you know, just uh, ask a ask a certain question or a certain type of question and. If people can do that, you know, five times in different places within a week, you know, post their results to the Facebook page, and I don't know, maybe they can get like a prize or something. But do not just do something like that. Interesting. What do you think, Anthony? I was muted. Something to encourage engagement. Yeah. Is that it? Trying to practice the different, you know aspects of SE, just like mm -hmm. focus on one specific thing and have people try and practice that thing and 
the venue yeah worries me the venue being facebook is, is tough because even if we were able to incentivize people to start having talks on facebook a lot of other people don't know what's going on and they will use the typical counter apologetics and probably sink the conversation yeah yeah i would also imagine that if i found out that i was an, a point for someone in a contest that that wouldn't vibe super well with me you know um, and that may possibly do damage um yeah i don't know i like the idea of encouraging people um but with gamifying things and, and involving people in that process, uh, I, I don't know if that gels 100% with me. Okay. All right. But I don't know. What what do the people in the comments think? Let us know in the comments. <laughs> yeah, give us I know there are a lot of people that will, that will take screenshots of the dialogues that they're having on social media and then paste them in the various Street Epistemology Facebook groups to get advice and that's that's really cool to see when mm -hmm. people are doing that and then i think they take their advice and then go back to the conversation and report back and that type of thing um, but i i get what you're trying to do i think you're trying to incentivize more people to start using this and that's that's noble i mean that's that's why i'm here right now i think is to try to yeah encourage people to start using this yeah i want to encourage people to do some type of deliberate practice like breaking se down into its fundamental components and, and deliberately yeah. practicing you know one you know might be really simple is just ask a person ask somebody to have a conversation with somebody where they ask what why and how just ask one what question one why question and one how question yeah mm -hmm. just keep it real simple break it down really simple the what, yeah, why, how yeah. challenge. Yeah. I was going to say, make it a challenge. And then make it, you know, do it for the whole month or something. And then... People can post the results of what comes out of that. System, and you, you can record the number of times that you've engaged with people and you've asked those three questions. Maybe something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. I like that. Cool. Well... We'll, we'll see where that goes. Um, let's see. How much, uh, this is an interesting one. How much should one disclose to their IL before chatting with them? Um, That's a good question. I, I like this question a lot because Anthony and I have different ideas about this. And Reed, I don't know how you feel about it. Mm -hmm. Um, really, I thought but, I thought we'd probably be on the same page on this, but what what what, what uh, position do you think I have? I think well, you're. I think you're very um, like you want to be as minimal as possible with details about your personal life. You know, you don't want to tell people your position on things, right? Am I correct in that's, that? Or that's true, but mm -hmm. that's that's a different question, isn't it? Uh, how much should one disclose to their IL before? Okay, so when them? I wrote I, mean, I, I wrote that question in the notes. So what I meant by that, that here maybe this is where the disconnect is. When I wrote okay. that as a possible discussion topic, I meant it in terms of how much do you disclose to a person as far as what you're attempting to do in the talk. Mm -hmm. 
not my position on the on the topic at hand. Yeah, what's your motive? Well, you're attempting. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. That's okay, that makes more sense. Little, I, I probably could have done a better job of, of explaining what I was getting at there. There's some overlap, though. I mean, I, I, I see where you're coming from. Well, I think that's part of the process. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's some overlap because, you know, it's one thing to say because, yeah, when people see that you're going out and talking to people on the streets and you just say it's your hobby um, and then they find out another fact about you that may just be happenstance, but something that they can put together in the mind. For example, you're an atheist, right? So that may change their perception of you, even though in your view, those two things may not have anything to do with each other. For them, that can kind of create, uh, you know, a connection in their mind that wasn't there before and, and may change their level of trust in you. Um, yeah, so I, I don't want to overwhelm a person, you know, I'm jumping out from behind a bush basically and saying, do you have time to chat? So there's, there's a lot that I'm communicating with a person in order to get a conversation. So I do, I do intentionally try to be selective as far as what I say, because I don't want to overwhelm the person. Plus I also don't want to raise defenses. And that being said, I do think that I have to be as upfront with a person as possible too. So if, if you were to watch the last 100 videos that I've uploaded and you transcribed word for word, what I say at the beginning, it's not going to be the same. So sometimes I'm very conservative and I over explain what I'm doing. And sometimes I'm very fast paced and, and loose and just say, tell me about your God belief. We just like get right into it. Uh, and I get criticism either way. You're 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 over explaining what you're doing, or you you're under explaining what you're doing. I don't know what the proper mix is, but I do think that we should try to be as upfront with po people as possible. And like Joe mentioned in the last talk that we had, he said, "Why don't you just come out and say that you're using street epistemology?" Which is I I, I I've done that. Um, there was another video that I have that's out now, where I do that. A couple of them. People don't know what that means. People don't know what street epistemology means, that your average person on the street. So even saying specifically what I'm doing doesn't even, it's not even probably helpful for most people, and it's probably just confusing. Even uh, if you took the 30 seconds to just kind of explain what you think that means, do you think? I, I do, yeah, and I, and I do do that. I try to explain it. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I, sometimes I go overboard and say, we, we, uh, I'll ask questions, and I say something like, uh, I'm going to try to ask very respectful questions, but I'm going to challenge you a little bit, and you know, that type of thing. And I've even gone so far as to say, there's a chance that you might be less confident that your belief is true, more confident that your belief is true, or, or just as confident that your belief is true. So I'm trying to give people more of a heads up. What do you do, Reed? I don't usually see... Yeah, I usually cut out the very beginning stuff just to get straight to it, just so the videos, you know, people can get going right when they start the video. But what I usually do, I ha I'm sitting at a table that has a sign that says, what do you believe and why? Five-minute interviews. 
Yeah. So that is very upfront. So I'm there wanting, like I'm doing, I'm obviously doing some type of video project because my cameras are there and I have big microphones. So it's, it's like a podcast or video type thing. So I, I'm, it's pretty obvious I want to interview them about their beliefs. And uh, yeah, I just usually say I, I have this hobby where I try to talk with people about what they believe in why. Uh, you know, typically it's best if it's some kind of deeply held belief, something you really think is true. And uh, is there anything like that you want to chat about? And if they dig deeper, like, well, well why are you doing this? Um, I say something like, um, well, I, I care about um, um, truth, you know, truth. Yeah. Well, you know, why, why people believe things and if they are true and I, I'd like to understand why people believe what they believe so that I might believe it as well. And um, yeah, stuff like that. Here's what I'd like to say for anyone that's this really bothers them that we're not explaining appropriately what we're doing. Write down exactly what you'd like me to say. And I will experiment with it all day long for four hours. And I'll upload a couple of videos where I, where I do that. Or I'll even live stream it. So we can see. Maybe people won't be... They'll just say, oh, cool. Sounds interesting. And I get yeah. just as many people that are willing to be interviewed. Or yeah. it might visibly shake people your script that you want me to so I'll, I'll i'll give it a try i'll definitely consider altering Here's what it is i'm what my little pitch is at the start i'm not saying I'm that what i come up with is the best i'm wondering anthony if you don't even have to explain that it's street epistemology you don't even have to use those words but i'm wondering if you just said something along the lines of hey i'm trying out this method of question asking or this method of discovering truth about beliefs or even this method of discuss discussing beliefs. And I want to see if this works, you know, I want to try it on you. Would you be open yeah. to that? I wonder if yeah. something like that to even let people know what you're doing, because, you know, just saying, Hey, I want to talk about beliefs that can sound kind of vague and maybe sound like you're going to try to sell me something by the end of it. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, you know, just to try to improve credibility there. Yeah, I, I was, I was intentionally planning on doing something like that this week, but I haven't had a chance because the weather was crappy to actually actually say, um, I'm experimenting with something called street epistemology, which is a method of asking questions to challenge people's beliefs. And mm -hmm. I'm looking for people to practice with, would you be willing to, you know, that type of thing. I don't have any objections to that. When I say truth, though, early on in my pitch, people almost always think that I'm promoting some sort of religion. Mm, yeah. So I, I'm very sensitive to not bringing that word up uh, very early on. I try. Yeah, to. I thought about that as I said it. I was like, oh, maybe not. It's like, oh, word, but... he's going to tell me what the truth is, and that's right. not at all what I'm doing. So yeah, people, people, go, people, make the wrong um, assumptions when you use that word. I found. Mm -hmm. Early on, yeah. I guess a critic could ask, "Why aren't we just saying we're out there to create atheists? Like, why aren't why don't we just say to the people coming up to our table, hi, like, I would like to deconvert you from your religion and make you an atheist? Please talk with me.' Why don't we say that? 
It's a good question. Say it again, Reed. Uh, yeah. I'm thinking if a, like someone who is very critical of SE, like it, it's based off a book called A Manual for Creating Atheists. And if we want right. to be super honest, why aren't we just saying, I want to take away your faith and make you an atheist? Please talk with me. Yeah, let's try. I think I think even before that, we really need to ask ourselves: Do we want to make people atheists? I don't you think know, of atheists I mean, in that way anymore. I, I just want yeah. them to be you know, like more of, more of a skeptic, more of just a a person who values believing in okay. things that are accurate with reality. What if I said, "Do we want people to abandon their God belief?" It's it's not about the belief itself, about the the epistemology. Mm, okay, okay. The way of I gave I gave a talk to the humanist of Houston about two years ago, and during the Q and A, the guy leading the group said, "Anthony, if there was a button that you can hit, an easy button, and immediately get rid of uh, anyone that believed in a god, you you hit the button and they would get rid of their god belief. Would you press it?" And I took a little while to think about it, and I said no. Because that's not solving anything. It's it's examining the process that people are using to form their beliefs. That's that's the beauty of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And and just instantly disabusing everyone who believes in a god of their god belief instantaneously by hitting a button is not solving anything. Mm -hmm. Because people will still use improper, unreliable methodologies to form beliefs. So th this yeah. is about education. This is about, like Joe mentioned last week, was this like about critical thinking. It's about encouraging people to use tools, Socratic tool, to investigate their belief and how they formed it and how they did, how they concluded that it's true. So yeah, this is so much more to me than just disabusing people of God, their God belief. It's way way yeah. more than that. And we keep coming back to the title of the book, which Bogosian himself says is 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 uh, is unfortunate, because it, it pigeonholes us in the into always having to explain that this is so much more than than just a faith in God, and it is. Yeah. The, the example yeah. that we showed today was with a woman who believed that birds were talking to her from beyond the grave, and and you can see how how effective that te that technique was. And it's also why I ask publishers. people to pick the belief. I don't, I don't really mind if they want to talk about karma or a political topic. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree with both of you. Uh, and Reed, I was just giving you a hard time. I, because for me, it, it, discovering street epistemology and, and discovering that whole framework of thinking was the discovery of me a process by which I could more reliably understand reality. Uh, and my beliefs therefore changed afterwards. I definitely had to understand the process of questioning and skepticism first before I could make those changes in my belief. Uh, and that's really important to make that distinction because I was like, and I've talked about this before with other apologists who've tried to ask me, like, and I mentioned this last time too, I didn't become an atheist because Anthony asked me a few questions and I immediately abandoned my beliefs. You know, I was given tools to understand reality better or to ask questions about my reality better 
so that I could come to different conclusions based on these new tools and what they tell me. Um, and that's really what street epistemology is. It's, it's a tool set. It's a, it's a way of probing things. It's not a, um, you know, it's not an answer for truth. It's like a, it's a, it's just a method. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. It's not I, about the conclusions. Yeah. It's about the process. I don't, yeah, I don't see it as atheist activism. I see it as critical thinking activism. Yeah. It's a good way to put it. I was also thinking that if I said, Hey, my name is Anthony, I'm an atheist. And if you have a God belief, I, I think I could probably talk you out of it in 10 or 15 minutes. <laughs> if they believed in a God and they had a reliable justification for it, they might be less willing to converse with me to help me understand their point of view if I approach them that way. So that might be another reason why it wouldn't be beneficial to to be so blunt. Um, and I, I don't say that because I honestly don't think that that's what's going to happen. Um, yeah, I just I just really think that this is all about providing people with tools. Yeah. Yeah, and the unfortunate thing is not all even atheists agree with that either. Uh, you know, they would rather have other people become atheists just straight off the bat. And, you know, personally, I, I wouldn't want that. I would rather have people develop their own methodologies and develop a better understanding of how to understand things than just believe the same way I do. Um, you know, but that's personal opinion. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. I'm sure you do, but yeah. uh, so yeah okay well uh let's see what else we got so um anthony do you want to talk about uh the atheist experience yeah please do sure yeah i'm gonna be on the atheist experience with tracy harris at the end of october the exact date like the 28th or 29th something like that love tracy yeah, I like her too. So that'll be neat. Uh, I'll be able to hang out with them and uh, take some phone calls, hopefully from a few believers, and we can examine their belief. And uh, it should be pretty cool. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Do you think you'll be able to show any videos on the podcast? That's a good question. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I think there was some talk about maybe showing a, th- a two- or three-minute clip. Cool. I don't know if they would do that before we go live or during the show. That's yeah. There, there was a little bit of talk about that, but I don't know how, if that will happen or not. I wonder if there's time before, like when do they do it? Two thirty. If they could just, you know, start the live stream a little early, they could play some videos like leading up to it. Well, they should do that every week. Yeah. I would love it if they played, you know, one of your videos read or some SE video um, while people are waiting. Sometimes there's 70, 80 people waiting for the show to start. Yeah. And that would be really cool to show them. So, yeah, I'm going to be on the show and hanging out with Tracy Harris, taking some phone calls. I don't know. I'm not sure how 
SE will translate into that type of venue, though. Um, I'm used to doing it on the street with people. Um, yeah, seeing their face, observing their body so language, building yeah. a little rapport. In this instance, I'm not the main host. I'm a guest host. So, you know, right off the bat, it's like, it's weird because like, okay, do I let Tracy build the rapport? And then I jump in and start asking questions. And if I, if I ask two or three good questions, am I going to then feel obligated to let Tracy take it in a different direction when I just know if I asked three more questions, we could really make some huge progress. Mm. So, so there are a lot of factors there that I think could impede a really good talk. Yeah. There's um, so much working against you. But mm. I predict though, that I think Tracy's familiar enough with your work to allow you to kind of do your thing for a bit though. You know, I can Why see that I happening too. I don't, yeah, I, don't I don't know really. for sure either, but you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many videos of mine that she's that she's seen. I, I need to message her and, and uh, talk about some of that stuff. Work out some of the logistics. The, you know. Yeah, there's definitely I mean, a, a, a selection bias going on. Like the type of believers who would call into a show called the Atheist Experience is very different than the people you talk to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, this all goes back to the whole, we were talking about how Shay was honest and she was open. And I'm thinking that if somebody's motivated enough to call an atheist show, an atheist call-in show to talk about their God belief, they're probably a little bit more defensive than yeah. maybe a typical person. So right from yeah. the start, I think that, that, uh, that, that hurts. But I was thinking too, like during, during sort of the, as we're talking, I can probably invite people to call that honestly want to evaluate their belief. And mm -hmm. you know, if you've ever been on the fence and you've, you've always been reluctant to call into the show because maybe you were afraid or something, I'm not going to bite your head off. If you really want to have an honest and open conversation, please feel free to call in. This is a good opportunity to do so. Yeah. And then maybe we would get some callers, you know, that would, that would be willing to do that. I would spend yeah. a lot of time trying to make sure we're like, we see each other as being on the same team. Like we're not these two enemies trying to, you know, combat each other. Yeah. Yeah. The audience is difficult. The audience, is, uh, sorry. <laughs> the audience is different now too, since, you know, for a whole number of years, it was public access. So you had people who had just saw the show on their TV and calling in. And now you kind of have to know about the show and people who know about the show really know what the show is about. So, it's not as unexpected or unsurprising. And, and usually you find a lot more people who come prepared with arguments, you yeah. know, um, which isn't something you encounter as much in just a daily SE encounter, although it happens, yeah. but right. Um, right. So. Yeah. I'm pretty much at the mercy of the quality of the caller and making, you know, hoping that they're honest and, and that, that largely goes to the call screeners in the back. Yeah, so I'm gonna be showing up with some donuts, <laughs> making sure that uh, that they they try to get some some really honest callers lined up, if possible. Oh. And I was also thinking that if, if I'll you see what I can do for you, and you have a family member or a friend that you've always wanted to have an SE talk, but you, maybe you you're not comfortable having that talk, try to encourage them to call the show that day, and maybe I can speak with them. Yeah. 
no yeah. Let's see how that goes. <laughs> That's a good idea. And I might be screening calls that day, so we'll see. Oh, that would be something else. Yeah. So. Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, um, let's spend. I don't have anything more on the docket, but um, I figured if you guys still want to talk for a little more, we could answer some questions in the comments and, and see what people sure. have to say. So let's see. Um, uh, How many people are watching? Someone, so we have. 33 watching right now. Uh, uh, so somebody asked, am I doing a disservice when I only have these chats when they organically happen in my daily life? That's fine. That would be a disservice. Oh, like because you're I, not initiating them? Yeah, I guess because they're not being like an activist about it. You know, are we? Oh, no, just say do whatever you feel comfortable with. Mm. I think it's great that you're having the conversation and having the organic ones. So many people don't even do that. So yeah, that's great. Yeah, I would agree with that. If and I would also add if if you have people who share very similar values that you do, if you want to encourage them to kind of look at the resources and tools out there so that they can do stuff on their own, that would be helping in a way too. Um you know, so that they can have their own conversations with people because everyone has these kinds of conversations at some point or another. Um, but how you approach them can um, really change, change the game. So, um, yeah, Reed, do you have anything on that? Uh, no. Yeah. Letting things happen organically is fine. I would say most talks happen organically. They're not initiated like you see uh, Reed and I doing. So if you're having an organic chat and you're using SE, I think it's great. Yeah, we're the outliers, Anthony. <laughs> well, that's funny. Yeah, we, we are the outliers, but we're the most invisible, I think. So people get this distorted view that SE has to be on the street. Mm -hmm. That person who asked the question is actually the mainstream SEer. Hmm. Uh, so... Joe Hitchens asked, why did you get rid of that other guy on the show? He was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What guy? Who's that? Yeah, I don't know who he's talking Joe? about. Yeah, doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, that's weird. Um, I have a friend who says, since we don't know if a god exists, what's wrong with choosing to believe that god does exist? What was it again? Uh, so it says, I have a friend who says, since we don't know if a God exists, what's wrong with choosing to believe that God exists? That God does exist. Yeah. Mm. You want to take that one, Reed? Um, it's basically Pascal's wager. You know, which God? Um, also, we should care about truth. So, And we should also care about good justifications for what we believe. You know. We can't choose to make to make things true. Um, so, and our beliefs, uh, we act on our beliefs, and they have consequences. If we do something harmful based on a false belief, then that's basically a, something that didn't necessary necessarily need to happen. 
Yeah, and if you're so tied up believing what you think is true and it's not, then aren't you missing out on actually discovering what the truth is? So, mm -hmm. yeah. And why would you want to waste your time and your money on something that might not be true? Like there's there's real costs. There's really there's a lot of costs involved in in choosing to believe. I don't even, you know, I'll just give them a pass on that. Um, to choosing to believe that something is true when you don't know for sure that it is. Like with shade, those feelings might be might you know the feeling that you get when you're singing a song and you're praying to your God, those feelings are real. And you you can you can feel good about yourself and it might make you sleep better at night. And yet there are people who I think would want to believe things that are true. And if if they're willing to sacrifice comfort for reality. And mm -hmm. and some people are different. You know, if that's if that's your thing, that's fine. Um, however, yeah. there, I think there are a lot of people who who don't want to live that way. Yeah, my thing with that is if you follow that line of logic, then you can believe in a lot of things. You can say that there are invisible unicorns and just say, well, I can't prove otherwise so that it's going to be there. Or, you know, there's an infinite number of things you could believe in. And that in itself isn't as bad. But when you talk about particulars like a God belief, you know, people don't just believe in God and then not do anything about that. You know, they usually act on that belief. It's going to inform their behavior in some form or another, whether it affects their decision-making processes or it can even affect them in ways that they may not be conscious uh, because they think a God is watching over them or there is some sort of system at play that's keeping their actions in check. Um, or it could reinforce their prejudices uh, in ways that aren't helpful to anybody. Uh, so there's a real consequence and a real cost to those beliefs. It's not just a, well, why not just believe it? Uh, Anthony, was, was good to point that out, that there's always more to it than just, you know, believe or not believe. It, it usually encompasses a web of actions and other beliefs that are informed by that God belief. So. Any more questions from the audience? I should uh, also point out that we started, we started really early today. We're like in the middle of the afternoon recording this as opposed to the evening. So I think we're, we're noticing a decrease in live viewers. I think, yeah. Uh, Joe asks, have you guys found any personal downsides to having learned and used SE? Mm. I can no longer feel that. Is, is that uh, I want to do it all the time. And I get really upset with myself when I have something that's preventing me from going out and doing it. Like today would have today would have been a perfect time to go out and do it, but the weather was just shitty. So uh, I kind of beat myself up over it. Or let's say the weather's really good and I have the time, but uh, I don't know. For some reason or another, I don't do it. Then I get a little upset at myself uh, for not doing it. But no, I don't. I don't really see any downsides. It, it pulls me away from my family quite a bit. I would say that's probably one of them. 
editing videos and things like that. Yeah, Reed. Yeah, for me, like my Saturdays are gone now, pretty much. Like half of them, half of my Saturdays. Uh, that's when I usually go out. Uh, but yeah, I love doing it. It's really no downside for me. Mm. So for someone who doesn't record things and uh, you know isn't active in doing that and just has so far only had personal conversations with people, I would say every time I hear a statement that is even remotely religious or remotely SE-oriented, I immediately start thinking of SE questions and how I could potentially ask those questions, even if it's not like appropriate for me to ask those questions at that time. So, you know, half the time I won't even ask them, but I'm always thinking about it now. And it's easy to think like, oh, why, why doesn't this person see the way I do? You know, like, why can't they reach the same conclusion? And it's only because I've been doing this long enough now to think in that way and, you know, I'm a little more trained to it. So don't let learning SE inhibit your social skills. You know, there's definitely a time and a place for things, um, including having SE conversations. So that's a really good point. Yeah. If I, if I hear an interviewer talking to somebody or I'm listening to a podcast and I, I see missed opportunities to use SE, that's frustrating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay. Um, do you guys want to wrap it up around here? Um, I think that's good, yeah. Uh, well, there's one more question, actually, that's that's interesting. Uh, we'll, we'll end it on this last question. How about that? We covered a lot. Is that, is that, is that cool for everybody, or, or do you want to yeah, just end just, it here? I'm just, I'm just looking at the outline here. We've actually covered quite a lot of topics. And we'll add links to the various sections of the video in the description. So people can jump to the topic that they want to hear. I guess we should have talked about that first. <laughs> Hopefully they'll see that in the description. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm tempted to ask this, but this could be a whole other discussion. So I'll I'll just ask the question and we'll see if we really want to talk about it. If not, maybe we can cover it next time. Because I think it's interesting, <laughs> but it does it's very expansive. So the question is how would you SE a person's thoughts on patriotism? Like those who think you have to do the accepted rituals. Mm. Okay. Well, my view on this is that beliefs are easier to SE than opinions. Mm. So when we were, when I role play, when we, when I was doing these workshops and I was letting people, I was encouraging people to pick a topic and I was going around and observing them. The people that were having the hardest time using this method were the ones who uh, was when their interlocutor picked a, an opinion that they preferred this flavor of spaghetti sauce or something or their favorite color or whatever, as opposed to a belief. So things like political stances, I think might actually be more difficult. I was just thinking about this earlier, but... It might be more difficult to use SE on because we're talking about preferences and opinions rather than beliefs. 
like a deeply held belief. Yeah. If someone has a really deeply held belief in a God, it's so much easier to use SE on than why they're a Republican. So um, I, I do think you can use SE for all different sorts of claims, but you need to be very specific as far as what the claim is. If they just make a vague statement that everyone should stand for the anthem regardless of your personal views, because that's just the patriotic thing to do, that's pretty vague. I would say you need to try to better understand like what's driving that, what's the root. And sometimes it's, well, it's their identity, usually. They think that they're morally good because they have that view. kind of goes back to the whole moral thing. Um, a lot of people have those views because they believe in a God. And then you're back to a, a deeply held belief and you can really SE it. So um, I don't know if I have anything more to add than that. It's not black and white. It's not clear cut. And it's, it's harder, I think, when it's an opinion. Um, when it comes to patriotism, I think of the moral foundation of authority. Um, and also, yeah, it is a value. So when I think of values, I try to steer the conversation towards like the consequences. If everyone believed this value or held this value, and would that be in any way, you know, beneficial for society? Would that cause more harm, less harm? I think that's how I would try and go for it. Yeah, I think yeah. We, we start peeling back the layers on why a person thinks somebody should stand for the anthem. It, it'll probably come back down to, well, that's what we did when I was a kid in school. I'd get my ass kicked. The teacher would hit us with a ruler if we even consider not standing up. And then it usually comes to something that's taught. It's tradition. Uh, uh, I'm a noble person because... I'm respecting this beautiful country and yeah. How could someone yeah, be a just, good person without being patriotic? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking in the same terms as Reed, I think where it really does go back to values and you know, whether you think the standing for the national anthem is valuable for people to do individually or as a society or, uh, whether that has some reflection on someone's character, it can mean uh, it can reflect your opinions on the country as a whole. Um, and there's just tons and tons of, of things that, that go around and around on that. Um, and that can get really messy really fast. Um, and in my opinion, I don't even know if it's worth it for a lot of those types of conversations. It's definitely valuable um, in certain circumstances, but there's a lot of opinion in there. I agree with Anthony on that. That doesn't, in the long run, have the same kinds of consequences as some other opinions might. Um, but I could be wrong. I don't know. So, yeah. There's a really good video going around too, where it shows how people will try to they they. They accept the beliefs or the opinions of people who are in their peer group. So because a lot of the people that they're around and the news that they listen to and their family members are just horrified by people not standing for the anthem, well, that's my in-group. That's that's the view that I need to adopt. Whereas if they saw a lot of dissension on it or the people in their in-group 
had a reason to accept it, then they might be more prone to accept it. So yeah, while it's tempting to, to get into like arguing about the anthem and the history of it and what people are trying to convey, there's probably something deeper driving their position. So I, I would spend more time trying to uncover the foundation, which is what you should be doing with SE. Yeah, not spending great. so much time at, at the top level. Great point. Great cool. point. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And um, yeah, go ahead and leave those comments about what you think about the show. You can find us on the SE Facebook page. Uh, you can follow Anthony and Reed on their Twitters. Um, if you guys <laughs> want to say your Twitters, I don't know your Twitters off the top of my head. It's my last uh, name, Magna Bosco. Uh, my Twitter is Cordial Curious, but yeah, um, best is probably the YouTube channel, Cordial Curiosity. Check me out. Right, and Anthony's channel as well. And I have a Twitter now. It's called Objectively Dan. I haven't really posted anything yet, um, but I'm planning on doing stuff with it. And we'll see where it goes. And you can also find me on Facebook in the various SE groups out there. So I think that's it. Thanks, everybody, for watching, and um, let us know what you think. We'll see you next time. Thanks. See ya. Take care. Street Epistemology is a technique by Dr. Peter Bogosian in his book, A Manual for Creating Atheists, and his Android and iOS app, Atheos.